Today's show is sponsored by our friends at Orca Coors. Make this summer the coolest summer ever with Orca Coors. They have something for everyone with American-made, lifetime-guaranteed hard-side coolers to stainless steel whiskey-barreled tumblers for an elevated drinking experience. And I have to tell you, you would be the envy of anyone in your neighborhood. I just went camping. These coolers keep your ice brand new for days. I mean, I got ice in the cooler before I left. It still looked the same four days later when I was on my way home. This stuff is awesome. I love those whiskey barrel tumblers. They're great by the fire. They are great with a barbecue. Use code DADSEASON, that's D-A-D-S-E-A-S-O-N for 20% off your order. That's anything. That is the tumbler. That is the cooler. That's the accessories. That's the clothes. Whatever you want, go to orcacoolers.com for all of life's adventures. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. I could talk about this forever. You already know the drill. If you need awesome laser edge glassware at wholesale prices and you are a bourbon group, you are a store, you're a distillery, you got to talk to the folks at distilleryproducts.com. Reach out to me. I would be happy to get you in touch with them. They have amazing prices and do amazing work at distilleryproducts.com. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Action 24 7.com you want action get in on the action with tennessee's only sports book by tennesseans for tennesseans and if you use code dads 100 they will match up to 400 dollars of your first deposit there's a lot going on this week the preds are out of the playoffs but the grizz are still in the nba playoffs and if you haven't noticed action 24 7 is always boosting the local teams to win these boosts can be found under the actions action tab in the app on the website the college baseball regionals are also this weekend there's nba playoff insurance and nba player props don't forget to go to action247.com and use code dads 100 buddy of mine's in town from school he and his uh fiance and sister so i'm gonna meet him out for supper go to a restaurant steakhouse bar thing whatever near downtown you know with covid and all the stuff going on staffing issues it's kind of an awkward time Everything's wide open again, and there's also staffing issues, food issues, whatnot, and just getting back in the swing of things. So the the place is kind of you can tell that the the waiter's not you know the most comfortable night he's ever had on the face of this uh, wonderful earth hours, and he's a little just jostled and anxious the whole time. <laughs> he comes back to tell us what's on the menu, and he's like, "Well, I do have some bad news though. There are a couple of things we're out of." Well, then he proceeds to rattle off about five things. <laughs> After he leaves, I'm laughing like, damn, I thought a couple was two. He just 86, probably half the menu or more like shit. <laughs> uh, but again, I mean, nice waiter, great service. Uh, again, I, I, I think he put too much stress on himself. It was uh, way outside of his control. Carry on. I end up ordering a burger, fries, whatever. Night wraps up finally and comes back to bring checks and tell my buddy, like, hey, you know, I cover my own meal. It's whatever. When homeboy uh, splits up the tab, he goes 50-50 on this. And granted, everybody's table, you know, it had, you know, wine or cocktails and whatnot and et cetera. And literally, I, I just had a burger and fries. So the bill comes back. <laughs> I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, I'm not going to razzle this poor kid over this. He's already had a hell of a night. And then I feel even worse because I'm like, I got to give this kid, you know, a pretty decent tip. Just, you know, if there's any, you just feel bad, like, you know, karma is going to come back to get you if you don't, uh, you know, do what you're supposed to do in that kind of situation. So you want to guess what this burger and fries uh, set me back? 150 bucks. Damn near it. <laughs> 160. <laughs> 
most expensive burger and fries known to man. Was there bacon on this burger or was it pretty plain? It was a really plain burger. It was really good. Um, and now I just have a story to laugh about and a, <laughs> a bill that's going to show up on the statement at the end of the month. But yeah, I'm sitting there myself like, holy shit. I just had a $160 hamburger and hell, I left half of it on the plate. Did your buddy realize this is how it was split up? No, I don't think it ever dawned on him. And I, then I'm like, man, I can't be a dick to my buddy. Can't be a dick to the waiter. Guess I'm just going to be a dick to myself and pay for this. Like you think your buddy would look at the receipt and be like, wait, wait, I got like a Kobe beef and it only cost 150 bucks. Like Zeke, how much did yours cost? Like he ought to slip you a hundo there. Oh man. Then kind of like insult to injury from the meal. I guess he's into scotch now. I hadn't seen him in a minute since we've been out of school for sure. All I can tell is he's drinking something peated because literally, especially whenever the guy brings a refill, I mean, that's all. I must have been downwind or something, but that's all I can catch. And at some point, we've been talking about booze and everything. He's like, oh, yeah, I like scotch a lot. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I know. I've, I've been downwind of the peat bomb you've got in your glass the whole night. It, I'm not a fan of peat. <sighs> I've been taking a few on the chin lately, man. I'm telling you, somehow the stars have aligned in the, the wrong configuration. Speaking of which, it's about time we do another Scott show. It's not going to be tonight, but I got something for you soon. These damn ghosts keep chasing me around or something. <laughs> Everyone, my name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad Drinker Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. How are you, buddy? You know, we've been pretty good on this BS component lately. We may have to go do a show in Brazelton or something. I know Brazelton, Georgia, where the home of BS Bourbon ATL is. Bob and James, they're killing it down there. They are good people, but I feel like we've been trying to catch up to them on this BS component. Uh, I didn't have that feel at all. Their BS puts me to sleep. I mean, I think you're being a little harsh. I dozed off a time or two. Luckily, I wasn't driving. They have a loyal following. They just got a really good sponsor in the Poo Squad. <laughs> I saw that. But check out our friends down in Brazelton, Georgia. BS and Bourbon ATL. Uh, besides, you know, I wouldn't give them a hard time if I didn't love them. Oh, I like know. They're doing awesome stuff, so so go ahead and check them out. We have been heavy on the BS component. Let's get heavy on the whiskey component today. We are drinking two months late. <laughs> we are drinking Chattanooga whiskey, straight bourbon finished in tawny port casks. This was released in March. It's 95 proof. It's aged three years with the additional six months of finishing time in the tawny port casks. The Toddy Port Cask release is crafted from a custom blend of six signature Tennessee high malt mash bills, B001, B005, SB055, R18025, R18016, and R17113. The company, and this is from Breaking Bourbon, the company states that the mash bills were selected for their fruity wine-like flavors and aromas. The finishing casks were sourced from the eastern most edge of the Douro Valley bordering Spain. The whiskey is stated to be aged for greater than three years with an additional finishing time of more than six months. There's six different mash bills in this and it goes on to say 
that they picked those six specifically, which I would in turn process that to mean they have even more mash bills going on that they didn't think would blend with this product. Is that what you got out of this? Well, you got to remember when they put down a hundred barrels, their Chattanooga 91 was the 91st barrel that they tasted. And that's why it's 91 proof. And that's when they finally decided on that mash bill. So they put down a hundred different mash bills when they were figuring out what they were going to do in the future. A hundred? Yeah. You didn't know this? Like that is one of the reasons why I'm kind of high on Chattanooga is that they sat there and they put down a hundred different mash bills and then went through and said, we're going to pick that one to be our flagship. I don't even know how you try to uh, approach something like that. I mean, could you imagine you and I trying to pick a barrel out of a hundred samples? I mean, A, how do you wean it down? B, how do you not wake up the next day thinking, going, oh, shit, I think we did the wrong one. Let's go back and try this one that we nixed. Or, I mean, you, I, I just can't see making a, a confident and firm decision with that many different things on the table and that many just intangible variables that we have on this thing called a pallet. I mean, I don't know. I think you should have showed up and spent some more time with my buddy, Tim, and actually got to know Chattanooga a little bit more. Cause I think it would be very interesting to you. The other thing I would say is that your boy, Bob from BS and bourbon ATL, he showed up when I went down to Chattanooga to interview Tim, you were not there. I know I couldn't go. I had, other circumstances and he was my stunt double and i told him to get two stools instead of one and jared was there from boot hill blades and a whole bunch of other people were there for a tour but they went through and they tasted everything and they feel very confident the more you talk to tim and that is tim pierson who is the owner of chattanooga whiskey and then grant mccracken who is their head distiller the more you talk to grant and tim the more that, because I've I've actually come out and I've asked him, I said, okay, you, you are releasing some of these other recipes in the experimental distillery and you're putting them out as single barrels. Have you ever had one of those single barrels and said, oh shit, we made the wrong decision now that this is bottled. We actually should have went with SR71. And then he came back and said, nope, I am more confident every other barrel I taste, I'm more confident that we picked the right mash bill. I'm almost kind of glad I wasn't there because depending on how bad the ADD was that day and like how like, uh, you know, dialed up I might have been, I, I might have just had an aneurysm or something. Like, I just don't see it. You're telling me that you've got 100 pairs of shoes and you're going to pick your favorite and it's going to be the same one every single damn day or watches since you're into those. Uh, I, I don't know. Even a pour off your own bar. If you have a hundred bottles, you're not going to say the same one's your favorite every single day. It's not going to happen. Sorry if we're going on a tangent here, but I can't wrap my head around this. Why can't you wrap your head around it? You tell me anything you've got 10 of, but you know, you have the one favorite and no matter what, it's always your favorite. And you're confident in that every single damn time. Most of the time. That's not every, All right, and, and even say growing stronger. I'm just saying your, fav- your your favorite restaurant, whatever that is. Do you order the same thing on the menu every single time? And it's just your favorite restaurant, whatever it is, just ambiguously. Pretty much, yeah. It. It's tough though, because every now and then you think about something else, don't you? And you want it. Well, it's like 
kind of like with ice cream and I always end up getting vanilla ice cream, but I will do the little samples of other flavors and I will toy with the idea of getting other flavors, but I always come back to vanilla ice cream. I mean, I'm just saying out of a hundred, I could not confidently like drive a, a wedge or whatever or barrel thief into the barrel and you know like heroically this is the one and i know it (laughs) well that sounds like you have commitment issues it sounds like every single day is new we wake up and we taste something new we experience something new i'm just saying ladies zeke baker has commitment issues so (laughs) one day he could wake up and be like there's just so many different flavors out there and i'm missing out on all of them i can't decide if i want to stay with this one or if i need a new flavor (laughs) i mean if you want to parlay it into that i'm not gonna fight it i'm just saying (laughs) i don't know anybody in whiskey that i know that could do that out of a uh, uh no i no i just can't this completely like mental blocks me right here like i'm i'm screwed i think that's what makes them such a special brand the fact that they put that time think of how many other brands and this is why i say chad like if you you probably don't listen to me enough but this is why i say chad nuga did the best transition from mgp than any other company i've seen so what they did is they knew they had this five-year MGP and that 1816, they they put out all sorts of different stuff with it. The beer barrel finished ones were great. They had a cast strength at a decent price. I think it was 40 to 45 bucks for their cast strength MGP, five years. Think about what that goes for now. While they had that stuff going on, they were laying down these hundred barrels and they were tasting through it and they were figuring it out. And they had all sorts of stuff going through their experimental distillery. So they have a riverfront distillery and this experimental distillery. And they knew they wanted to do stuff with malt. Grant McCracken has a beer background. He used to work at the Boston Beer Company. Then you bring all that stuff together and you're going through these hundred different recipes, tweaking a little bit of malt here, tweaking malt there, tweaking the percentages a little bit more, working on different toasts and char. And ultimately that's where the different toasts and char has now come into their product because what they dump stuff into the Solera barrel for the 91 proof. Some of the stuff has one toast profile. Some of the stuff has a different toast and char profile. And they blend that all together to eventually get what is 91. And if you taste them separately, same mash bill, different char and toast, you actually get different tastes and different aspects of that mash bill are going to get emphasized. I mean, I, I get that, but you could say the same for the other 99. That, that's what makes us even more unfathomable is it was all single barrels, even in the space of single barrels. You're going to tell me that you can say you have your favorite barrel that we've ever picked. And every single time you will rank that one above all the other ones. I can't do it. You couldn't. The only thing that I could, tell you is my absolute favorite would be of the jdbps that i've been part of and even then i might that up in a blind but in my mind i know what i'm pretty sure is my favorite but no i'd all the stuff we we've picked over the years i couldn't tell you what my favorite was and even if i did tomorrow it might be something different i don't know that's what they did again the barrel that's at least 40 60% 60% of the flavor or more. What if that one mash happened to land in a, an amazing barrel with all kinds of open staves and da, 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 da. I mean, hell, you could have put anything in there. 
that's the other ethos that they have down there is that they actually do a longer fermentation period and they spend a lot more time up front trying to mess with the whiskey and make it the way they want so that they by doing that they're thinking that they're minimizing the amount of influence that the barrel has yes the barrel is going to have some influence with the whiskey going in and out of the wood but if they put a better product in there to begin with they're going to end up with better whiskey in the end i think the bigger play for them as you know they've had stuff for three years i think as the age kicks up on it as it will and they start to release some four or five six year old whiskey what that will do to that tennessee high malt profile will be very interesting to me yeah i'm intrigued by that i mean because the stuff we've had thus far i think you've been a bigger fan than me but it still seems more beery to me at least the last time we had it and i like beer so it's okay i mean it, it all made sense when we went through it the fact of you know all the malt, how they do everything, the master distiller come from Sam Adams. Like it, it wasn't a diss. It, it, I thought it lined up with both of our you know oh, 100%. profiles. Hundred um, percent. But to that, I, I definitely want to see where the oak influence puts this. Yeah. Anyways, let's move <laughs> to this port cast. I mean, a good conversation, good times, great oldies. What do you think about this port cast, Zeke? Nose wise, especially fresh in the glass, I thought it reminded me of either a one of like those ocean spray blends that they have in the stores, or maybe even a blend of blends. But uh, essentially, what I got out of that was predominantly um, heavy tart with red fruits, but also from that tart, my mind is kind of see like some green stuff, like either green grapes or something else that gives it a little bit more. Um, bite and kick but that was really what i picked up as it sat over some time and a little bit of oxygen kicking and whatnot felt like the port really seemed to dominate the profile and and you can tell the port is just begin to overtake what else was balancing it there so if you have this in a glass don't bullshit like we just did for 25 or 30 minutes while it's sitting in open air enjoy it sooner and you'll have a much better experience palette wise uh, first like on the very front tip of my tongue I, I really got something kind of nutty um pecans or something going on there and it was just a flash in the pan uh moving toward the middle part of the palette i, I thought it seemed maybe plum or fig reminiscent something along those lines definitely like a dark deep purple kind of fruit thing and i attributed that in my head to uh Obviously, I guess some port influence probably. Moving toward the the tail end of this thing, uh, it definitely has a theme of going from very little port on the tip of the tongue to by the time it gets to the very back, the ship is definitely uh, <laughs> docked in the port. And by that, I mean the port, so to speak. Sorry for the corny joke, but it's about all I can come up with there. It really didn't seem overwhelming. Like I say, I, sitting here with some air, I think it's a much different pour, but fresh I thought that the balance between what the whiskey brought to the table and then what the port influence was, it, it seemed to be a good, uh, you know, back and forth balance where you could taste both and, and get good attributes from both sides. Yeah, I think the malt on this did a good job in kind of making this like a chocolate port. You know how we feel about finished whiskey anyways, is we're not always running towards it. The one that I have been able to run towards in a wine finish, and it's not all finished whiskey we don't like. It's more wine finished whiskey we don't like. I've always been okay with a port because I've had port wine as an after dinner drink. I think that this is something 
there's very good in the right setting for me. Like I, I probably wouldn't sit down on a Tuesday and be like, oh, let me go for the port. But if I have a nice dinner and I want to drink after that dinner and I want to relax and I want to sip it, I 100% would go for this. I think it's it's not too much port, at least for me, I didn't get too much port. I think the mix of, of the malt with the port is very good. I did agree like that tart red fruit on the nose was there, but then the taste to me was all just chocolate malt bomb and it was good. I would definitely enjoy sipping that. This is one I think that would pair very well with a cigar too. I think it pairs well after dinner when you're sitting around and and shooting the shit. You're out at a restaurant. I mean, I would buy this for the house it's only 45 bucks if you can find it it is a limited offering but i would also say like you're at dinner this is one that you're sitting around the table with friends and you get that after dinner aperitif i would go for this 100 percent. the only thing i would change there is i definitely think this would be a much better after dinner whatever on one of the nights you're at home solo and you can actually pay attention to the the whiskey and enjoy it because What's sat here in this glass for a good 30 minutes now versus what I tasted fresh crack are definitely two different beasts. And the port definitely um, pushes a lot of those flavors out with the air. And if you order this, bartender brings it, you bullshit with your buddies or whatever for 20 or 30 minutes and then taste this initially without having it as it should be fresh, you're going to think less of it, I think. I don't necessarily agree with you, but... Maybe depending on how much you like port. I... I don't, and if I'm reviewing this, I'm going to go with what I went with having fresh versus what's left in the glass now. I get that, but I'm a fan. I will tell you I'm a fan, but I'm a fan of like 99.9% of the stuff they're doing there. I admit I'm a little biased. I don't know. I have yet to really find something that I'm hating. Go figure. Yeah, I just want to see some uh, some more of the experimental style finish stuff. Uh, admittedly, when I saw it was a port finish, it did kind of uh, set me back a little bit of like, ah, oh, these guys usually push the envelope more, not go for the industry standard. Like anybody and everybody does a port. And we've talked about it before. I, I feel like it's almost selling most whiskey short because I think most places just do a port finish because that's what the Scotch world did originally. And they're just, you know, following the lead there, so to speak. Whereas think outside the box and, and find finished products that actually synergize with, with what you have in your own barrel that isn't Scotch. And then, you know, cut your own path. You got to pay attention to what they're doing more because they just put out an apple brandy experimental. They're doing all sorts of good stuff at that experimental and they're releasing them constantly. John, I only get what you put in front of me here, bud. Well, I know you got a Google and you got a phone, lmgtfy.com. That's let me Google that for you. I was like, what kind of shit's he trying to trick me with now? You could actually make... (laughs) a gif of how easy it is to look something up on Google, but you can also follow Chattanooga's Instagram. I know you're on the gram. You can see the TTB labels they have coming out, which I know you monitor that as well. There's a I get whole, some weird notifications for those. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm just saying they are pushing the envelope constantly. I know that that's what I think of. That's why I said when I, looked at this label and read it and it said port i'm like really they did a port like oh come on every once in a while you gotta have those staples in there i mean i i get it but no that's what i was saying was that i was like oh chattanooga finished like oh i wonder what this is they decided to tinker around with and i see port i'm like (sighs) i like port better than like a cab sav 
a hundred. I mean, if I'm going to go for a wine finished port is the one that most closely aligns to me for wine finishes. I don't want Sauternes. I don't want Cab Sav. I don't want a Pinot. I don't want what I like about the port is it doesn't dry you out as much as some of the other ones do. All I know is if we're going to talk about the ports and we could probably link this back to those commitment issues you brought up earlier. Um, grandmother Baker's, some of her best advice was, well, baby, just keep a ship in every port and you'll always have somewhere to hang your hat. It's a great note to end on. The bakers were always full of sage of advice. <laughs> I keep telling you, you got to write a book and uh book's name should be blame it on baker <laughs> somebody's got to take the fall right thank you tim and the good folks at chattanooga for sending us this whiskey you can find us on facebook at dad's drinking bourbon twitter at bourbon dads instagram at dad's drinking bourbon please leave us an open honest review just like we leave open honest reviews about the whiskey we drink zeke where else can the folks find us uh, I'm going to be uh, pondering this whole 100 barrel thing for like the next week or so probably in my free time. So if anybody sees me with a dumbfounded look on my face, I apologize. That's it. But uh, it'll be here in good old Nashville, Tennessee. And Father's Day is coming up. Remember, our Orca Coolers code is Dad Season. That's D-A-D-S-E-A-S-O-N. All one word. You know, Dad wants a cooler. You should be putting those earbugs in your kids' brains that you want some Orca. Cheers. Ciao.